This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Tapp, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They are also co-authors of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. We're talking about your credit score today. What influences it? Who configures it? What you can or can't do to change it? We're also ready to answer your personal finance questions. The number to call to join the conversation is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight. 877-672-7464, or you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning. Hope that you're both doing well this morning. Good morning. So I guess this is kind of a financial news thing, but uh, I was just, as we were chatting before I came on the air, mentioned that I was down at the uh, Gulfport uh, outlets uh, for the weekend for my birthday. I figured, you know, new birthday shopping trip sounds like a good idea. Uh, and oddly enough, I bought a pair of shoes. Uh, oh, I never would have <laughs> guessed. That's that's very surprising. But it was the Nike outlet, and I bought these Nikes. And this, I don't think these are new shoes because you know an outlet usually have older. But the swoosh is nowhere to be found on the shoe except on the bottom of the sole. Hmm. So my new, thought is new branding. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting that that was kind of their iconic trademark, and that they would put some shoes where you can't really see it. So mm-hmm. um, very interesting. Just thought that was interesting. I mean, it's like so there must be some marketing group somewhere that thought that that was a good idea. I guess maybe it's, is it Louboutins that the, the oh the, the red soul soul yeah, is the red, red soul so you know you have to put your feet up before somebody goes oh yeah <laughs> I think they're they're probably aiming for a different uh, market uh, these Nikes. I don't know. I don't know if that was quite the same price range. If they weren't at, this is Liz, if it wasn't at the outlet mall, they might be uh, aiming to calm some of the Nike haters. Yes, that's that's the thought there. And uh, and several people mentioned it. Like I said, this, this I think, was an older pair. They're, they're, they're very flashy, so that's why I bought them. But anyway. Well, and that brings up consumer spending because um, on some areas, discretionary areas, we're actually seeing a decline in spending. And uh, we're kind of watching those numbers, especially as we head into the Christmas retail season, which is huge for retailers. But speaking of consumer spending, that leads to your favorite uh, company, Amazon, which just yes. announced that they are raising their minimum wage to $15. That's, I was glad to see that, yeah. Um, which is, it, it, no doubt, is going to be very good for some people. Some people are going to get some good pay raises. Um, but they are probably, they already stated a couple of months ago that their average wage was already at 15. So this, this you know, may not be you know, as big you, of a deal you know, as you think, You're right? thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be 200,000 people getting, you know, 
five more dollars an hour, eh, it might be like 50,000 people getting like an extra dollar an hour, which is still going to be great for those folks. Um, it's again, especially heading into the but holiday it season. Maybe more of a PR move, you think? Yeah, and, but all of this, they did say also they're going to start lobbying for higher minimum wages all over the place, and they've got a lot of lobbying dollars. And uh, just uh, all of this is just adding pressure to raising wages. I know a couple years back, you know, Walmart and Target, you know, they raised their minimum wages to like 12 or $13 a number of years back. Um, and, and one thing to keep in mind whenever this happens, we like to be really happy. We like, oh, wow, what a good right, thing yeah. for them to do. Um, they're not raising their minimum wage to $15 because they're nice people. They're raising their minimum wage to $15 because they can't find people to work for less. So just keep that in mind whenever you hear about these and wonderful also, things that they're doing. Keep in mind that those employers are still going to maintain their profit margins by raising their prices Absolutely. to uh, accommodate those higher wages. I thought it was interesting, too, though, that the, the seasonal employees apparently are going to be included in that as well. So, yeah. um, T- Temp jobs and part-timers as well. Which is, which is a big deal when you have a very low unemployment rate and they're going into this season. That may be another reason they announced this, you think, Ryder? Probably. Um, to Draw try to grab their share of the seasonal folks. Mm-hmm. Also, the I can't remember who's the founder of Tesla. Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. He's in deep. He's in. He's in a little hot water. Yeah. yeah. Well, he got himself out of the hot water. He's going to pay a small fine and twenty million dollars. No <laughs> longer chairman of the board, so he's he's separating a little bit from the board activities. Um, I, I think he's just kind of gone he, off the rails he off, lately. He got off real real well. And so, remind me what, uh, what he said something. I can't remember. I thought I, I remember reading it, but what, what was what was it? Uh, he, he says a lot of things. <laughs> oh boy! But but the thing that was a securities law issue is that he said that uh, Tesla was being taken private at four hundred and twenty dollars a share, which is a little bit of an inside joke. But um, you you can't. If you were the CEO and if you're a board member, you can't just say, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to take the company private when there was no there was no substantial, you know, nobody had offered to take the company. He just kind of made it up. There was um, no vote. He might have like yeah. talked with somebody who was like, I don't know, whatever. Like there was there was no evidence that that was ever going to happen. And so that was a big issue, um, you know, for all of the things that he said and for all of the, you know, kind of fudging uh, facts. Um, that was that was the one that was very clearly against the law. And that brings up um, if you're an officer of a public company, you are under a lot of guidelines about what you can and cannot say. Um, you cannot reveal information that is uh, not public to the marketplace. Um Unless everybody knows at the same time, mm-hmm. um, there are certain windows when you can trade your stock. So you have to be very careful. And if you are an executive, certainly you should be trained in those things. Yeah. So on Money Talks today, we're going to be talking about credit scores. Going to try to uh, dispel some common myths about them. Uh, we're looking for your personal finance questions as well. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Reach us at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We do have a couple of calls early on here, so let's begin by talking to Brian in Ocean Springs. You're on the air with us, Brian. Go ahead. Hey, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to, to start off the, the, the show with a comment that, uh, you know, for the, for the longest time, I 
you know, I, I got a divorce a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, credit went in the, the dumps uh, after that because of a lot of things that were unresolved. Uh, and, and so that happens to lots of people. And Absolutely. Uh, me, me not really uh, knowing uh, much about credit, things like that. I'd, I'd had a uh, wonderful credit score before all of that occurred and uh, was getting pre-approved to buy houses and stuff like that. You know, you know, lots of lots of lots of people wanting to give me money. Uh, and uh, but then after that, uh, you know, when uh, when my credit score plummeted, I, I didn't know. So so what I ended up doing recently, because uh, I thought, well, I might need a new car. And I went to the uh, I went to the car lot and they said, oh, well, you know, we're, we're going to have a hard time giving you a loan for this. That That's at a decent uh, uh, interest rate, and so I said, "Well, what are we talking about?" And they said, "Well, it's going to be um, it's going to be a you know pretty high interest rate." And uh, and so you know, talking to my dad about it, and he was baffled that I didn't know what I was talking about when it came to credit because he's Mr. Credit Guru. <laughs> uh, he failed me there, I guess. But uh, but anyways, I uh, downloaded some apps. One of the apps was called Credit Karma, and the other mm-hmm. app was called uh, Credit Sesame. Mm-hmm. And then between the two apps, I get uh, basically twice a week. I get a report on Wednesday and a report on Friday of the things that the um, companies that I, I deal with, and the uh, you know you know credit card companies, things like that that I deal with, they they give like a weekly report, uh, and it told me. Any delinquencies I had, it told me any like weak areas. Uh, so there was like five or six different areas. Uh, how many accounts I have open? Uh, you know the the average credit age of my accounts. Any delinquencies? Uh, my payment history uh, percentage, stuff like that. All of that kind of stuff. It breaks it down uh, to where you can actually uh, tangibly, physically go in and say, okay, well, it looks like I have a delinquency here. I'll pay that off. And uh, and then you'll see uh, for things like that, it usually takes about 30 days, but you'll see within like 30, 45 days that, that all of a sudden that's gone. It's a zero delinquencies on there and you see your score there's a little kind of bar graph thing that goes uh, goes across and uh, you see it go up and, and you see the actions that you take and the uh, neg- negative or positive, uh, the, the, you see the actions that you take affect your score uh, on a weekly basis. And that has helped me get my score up probably 200 and something points. And all I did was just become aware of what I was doing and the accounts that were out there and, and how I needed to, uh, to to correct some delinquencies. Oh, that's a great story of, of using those tools and mm-hmm. the fact that those were very specific things that he could do. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. Congratulations, Brian. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, yeah, just to reiterate a couple of things, there are, yeah, there's there's six different uh, factors that go into your credit score. And, you know, there are different ways you can work on or improve. You know, like you said, if you have a delinquent account, that's that's one of the factors, you know, get rid of it by paying it off, sort that out. Um, and that yep. one, you know, that clearly made a huge impact on a score. That's, that's a huge impact on your score, 200 points. I mean, that's, that's wild. Um, but also, yeah, he's, yeah. So, so I'm told, I'm told as well from these apps, they told me that the, the biggest effect and the, the, the biggest like uh, decrease or increase in your credit uh, score from, uh, from, you know, out of all of those six categories is your payment history. So exactly. the accounts that you exactly do have right. open 
if, if you get below like a 96% payment history, and basically what I mean by that is if you go a year uh, of paying on, a, say, a credit card and you've missed, say, one or two payments or, or late on one or two payments uh, over 30 days, that really affects your payment uh, history percentage. And even one or two percent drop kind of makes your makes your score plummet up to like 30, 40 points. And, uh, and that can make the, the big difference in a lender deciding whether that you're worthy enough to uh, to give a loan to because they know that you're going to pay it back on time. Well, good news is just this week we had uh, released the average scores, credit scores for Americans have gone up. Right. I think it's 703 is now the average score. Way to go, America. Yeah. Right. All right, Brian, thanks uh, for starting us off with a great uh, uh, story there, success story. And again, you know, we've said that a lot of times, but you have to be diligent about paying on time. Do not- well, and um, he mentioned this, these apps mm-hmm. that are taking the information and giving you specifics about what you can do, which bills you can pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have pointed out before that the Federal Reserve has produced a great video which explains what are the pieces that go into uh composing your credit score. And as he mentioned, payment history is the biggest one. Um, And so this is really great. You know, I really hate that we didn't contact him beforehand to come on and be just the guest host. Yeah, just uh, let him take the whole time. He's he's got it. Uh, If anybody has any questions, just call Brian. Um, (laughs) he's, He's got you. He's got you. All right, we need to take a quick break. Uh, when we uh, get back, we'll continue our discussion about credit scores. How can you learn more about your credit score? We'll tell you when we come back from the break. We're looking for your personal finance questions and questions about credit. The number is one mpb ring It's one 672 Dean is on the line from Gulfport. Dean, hang on for us, please. We'll get to your call right after this break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotcher-Janderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft. Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're talking today about credit scores, but always always looking for your other personal finance questions as well. Before the break, we talked about how to learn more about your credit score. There are the three credit reporting agencies, each having a website uh, with consumer information about credit scores. You can go to Equifax.com, Experian.com, or TransUnion.com. Uh, so we have a caller on the line. Dean, thanks for holding through the break for us. You're on the air, so go ahead, please. Yes. Um, thank you for taking my call. I um, recently had a problem come up with my car, and I needed some money to uh, fix the problem that, that I did not have readily available. So um, I went to try to get a loan, knowing good and well that I had horrible credit, not just bad credit, but horrible credit. So I went, first of all, to my bank, 
And um, they told me, and I told them going in, I said, my credit's bad, but let's just see what happens here. The lady who was doing my loan told me that I had no credit score. And I said, I I don't believe that. How is that? She said, well, actually having no credit score is better than having a bad credit score. So she sent me to another loan place at one of those 36% interest places that I was forced to take the loan. But they told me there that if I made my payments on time, that in about three months, I would have a decent uh, credit score. So could you speak to me, uh, uh, speak to the validity of that and tell me how I had no score and then if that is true that it will uh, move into a a better uh, credit score in that matter of time. Thank you so much. So, uh, Dean, just a couple of questions. Have you, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, have you had credit cards, loans, and stuff before? Yes, I have. Have you ever how, declared... how long ago was that? Um, it, there, there's been a gap of time since I've had anything how, like that. How big so of a gap? Probably at least 10 years. Okay, that might explain it. Have you declared bankruptcy ever? I have not. I mean, that's a little weird. I mean, the it length of time might be an issue because here's the thing. After after about seven years, things fall off your credit score. Uh, credit regardless. Card, regardless. Yeah. So, so, you know, if you had a credit card way back in the day and used it terribly and then closed it, seven years later, it's, it's amnesia. We've forgotten about that. So that's okay. possibly it just because – Literally zero things have happened in the past seven years. Um, and it is I, a little weird, though. Yeah. But you do. But hey, you have a fresh start here. And well, that, I mean, that's positive. But I, but I the negative, the negative is you did it at a thirty-six percent interest rate. Now I know right. you were under the gun um, and you needed cash, and, and maybe that was your only option. So I would say pay that off as quickly as you can. Yeah. But I'm if you to, if you had been I mean, it, it was a situation where I needed the money, but then mm-hmm. also when I, I I felt like I was taking that penalty a little bit to increase my uh, score. So I, right, I, I can, right. I can I, sleep a little better at night with, <laughs> with the knowledge that maybe there's a, there's some, a, a positive outcome on, on that. Well, you need to have some record of borrowing for them to give you a score. And what you might want to do after you get past this is start to build some savings in your local bank and then go to that bank and take out a loan against those savings. So if you have $1,000 in the bank and you go and you ask for a loan where that that thousand dollars is the collateral, then okay. and then yes, you may not need that money, but what you're doing is the same thing. You're building credit, and you need to do that. Right. And okay. so uh, this, uh, thanks so much for calling, Dean. That's super important. It, it kind of shows, you know, I was talking before the show. You know, no, you know, credit scores. It's not. It isn't your biggest financial issue usually, um, but this just kind of highlights the importance of of having one because. Because, you know, when you need credit, then you, you can't just start to go about it um, on that day. When you need credit, you know, if if you had had a credit card, you know, that day you needed repairs. If you had had a credit card, you were able to, you know, get your price down, run the credit card, and then pay that off as quickly as possible. You would have probably been in a lot better shape. Even though that would have had a high interest rate, you would have been a little more flexible. And one way for folks who, you know, maybe you're like, Dean, you've gone seven years you just have no credit score or you know you've just never started on that journey a lot of banks and credit unions do offer uh, ways to start on that credit journey I know 
I, I want to say around here, Bank Plus does a very good program. It's essentially a year long program. You attend a couple of a, a couple of classes. You know, they're maybe an hour too long. And what you do is you take out a loan with them, but essentially leave the money deposited at the bank. So it's it's a self secured sort of loan. And that that starts to build your credit score. And I, I've, I've had friends go through that program. Uh, they've learned a ton about credit. They've learned a ton about managing their finances. And if we had them on the show, they'd probably know a lot more than Nancy and I as well. Um, and so, so, again, you know, the importance of having that credit, because when you need it, you need it. All right, uh, Dean, uh, thanks for your call. And again, a reminder from our first uh, caller, Brian. Stay on it. Uh, payment on time is a big, big, big thing when it comes to credit score. So make sure you make those payments uh, and don't fall behind. Uh, not only do you go you accrue those late fees, uh, but it's going to damage your credit score as well. Um, let's get our first myth in and then we'll take a, a call. <clears throat> the first one is uh, if anyone, including you, checks your credit report or score, it can knock points off that score. And I guess here we can talk about soft versus hard inquiries on your credit. Well, it, it is true, but that is going to be temporary. And, um, you know, sometimes people do that, especially if they're looking and they're shopping for a loan, for instance, a car loan or a mortgage, they may go to more than one source. And if those sources actually do um, the hard pull looking at that, you're going to have a bigger ding to that. But it goes away very yeah. shortly. Not And not all inquiries are the same. Uh, so like you're saying, the hard one, hard one is typically you are applying for credit. Um, a soft one might be, you know, you're existing credit card company, they just kind of check your score. You know, they just take a quick peek at it to say, oh, you know, is Ryder doing better at credit? Maybe I could give him a little more money. So things like that. Right. And so when you get those unsolicited credit card offers in the mail, again, don't worry that it's not going right. to have a negative effect on your score. Yeah. Back to the phone lines we go and we're off to Madison. Jim is on the line. Good morning, Jim. Go ahead, please. Good morning. I have a couple of questions about FICO. First of all, what does FICO stand for? Fair Isaac. Fair Isaac. Fair Isaac. Fair Isaac. Corporation. That's the company that designed those scores. And Fair and Isaac were the two people who started it. Boy, they were not creative with this whole thing, but I'm glad we could solve that one for you. Okay. Secondly, why would my FICO score be 25 points lower than either my TransUnion or... uh, experience will be. <laughs> well, a FICO uh, is what is used for all three yeah. of the agencies, but each agency may have a different set of information on their credit file for you. They may also be tweaking that calculation a little bit, um, and so it's not that unusual for each of those three main agencies to have three different scores. It shouldn't be drastically different unless Again, maybe one agency has some bad information on yeah. you that the others don't have. If you well, in my case, you know, TransUnion and Experian are eight thirty one and eight thirty three, and FICO is eight thirteen. So they're both you know, twenty points. Well, they're oh my all gosh. three great. So yeah, you're I wouldn't fine. complain about anything. Um, well, what the one the one issue that I would say, you know, if, if they're quite a big difference, maybe fifty points or more, um, then pull the credit report of particularly the one that looks lower and see if 
there's anything weird on it. It might just be something was mistakenly filed on your credit report. Uh, it might just be they haven't removed something very old from your credit report that should have been removed. There's a lot of different. There's a lot of different ways. Um, one of the most common actually is because a, a large part of your score is the percent of credit you're using, and they can check this any day of the month. So if one day you spend a bunch of money on your credit card, then you're using more of your credit, then that looks a little bit worse. And then, you know, a week later you pay your bill and then you're back to zero. So, which is really super great. So that's one of the ways it can just fluctuate throughout the month. And, and that sort of fluctuation you shouldn't really worry about. Okay, great. Thanks so much for the information. All right, uh, Jim, thanks for the call and, and congratulations, as we say, eight in the 800s. That's an excellent credit score, so you're, you're doing right, so keep at it. Are you jealous? <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. That's, that's amazing. That's a very good score. So, we're gonna, so next time we do this, we're going to have Jim. <laughs> and Brian. <laughs> and Brian. I mean, it's gonna have, we're going to have a great panel here. Um, one thing I would say, you know, folks who, who use an app like Credit Karma or what is it, Credit, credit Sesame, Sesame. Mm-hmm. and I've used Mint before, um, an app where you, you don't already have a business relationship with keep in mind how they're providing that service for you and what what they're doing with your information they have access to some of your most intimate financial information. I know particularly with Mint, which I used a lot to help me with budgeting. I mean, they know exactly how much money I spent at what store when I did it. Everything. I mean, they can send me an email that was like, "Oh, you ran your card a little late at the <laughs> bar last night and or, you know, you spent too much money on going out last month. What's going on, Ryder?" And so not only do they have that information, um, but they're using that to <clears throat> sell ads to show you mostly credit card offers, but also information is sliced, diced, packaged, and sold. And your information is getting packaged and sold in some place. So just be aware of what that privacy trade-off is. A lot of credit card companies will do that, uh, will give you your score for you, and you already have a pre-existing business relationship. They have a lot less motivation to uh, sell your information on. All right. So, uh, by the way, the the source for our credit score myths uh, is uh, an article called 10 Credit Score Myths and the Truths Behind Them from MSN.com, their uh, personal finance section. Let's do one more before our next break. And this uh, writer was just mentioning, the myth is that carrying a balance on your credit card helps your credit score. Um, when actually, as you were saying, uh, the the less u- utilization you have, really, mm-hmm. the, the better for your credit score. Well, so. uh, more than a third of your score comes from that payment history, as Brian pointed out to us earlier in the show. Uh, paying on time is very important. But another big slice, mm-hmm. uh, almost a third, is it, going yeah. to be um, how much credit you are allowed to have versus how much you have used. And so that is a ratio. So that's important to look at. And it says uh, 30% uh, to no more than 30% of your credit limit. But as we say, the closer you can get to zero, uh, the better that is for your credit score. Uh, Let's take another quick break. When we get back, we'll continue dispelling credit score myths and also looking for any personal finance questions you have this morning. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. So do you think that your credit score could predict how long you'll be married? After the break, we'll give you some research on that. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotcher-Janderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're also the co-authors of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. Uh, so before the break, we asked about uh, the relationship between credit score and length of uh, marriage or success of marriage. Uh, the Federal Reserve conducted an interesting study where it followed couples for 15 years to see how credit scores affected those in committed relationships. The study found that the initial match quality of credit scores is strongly predictive of relationship outcomes in that couples with larger score gaps at the beginning of the relationship are more likely to subsequently separate. To put it another way, the closer your credit score is to each other's, uh, to your other's half's credit score, the more likely you are to stay together. And that kind of makes sense. And that makes sense, right? Because it means you have the same values Mm -hmm. as far as money. Uh, You treated the credit the same way. Um, And we know that financial issues are one of the main ones that causes couples to split. All right, back to the phone lines we go. Let's uh, start again in Memphis. Daryl's on the line. <clears throat> Good morning, Daryl. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. It's a blizzard, Daryl. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Go ahead. Uh, I have a question. Yes, I have a question, and uh, you all answered it in part where well, you touched on it. Mm-hmm. But my question is, why would uh, making uh, an in, in, in inquiry, inquiry. Yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah into the credit score adversely affect your credit. Why would it do that? I think the assumption is that um, there is going to be additional credit that you're taking on, and that will then affect your uh, debt ratio, how much credit you're allowed versus how much you've taken on. And... um, so uh, that's, I think that's it, don't you think, So, Ryder? yeah, uh, just a couple of things here, and it does sound like you're in a blizzard there, so if we could, yeah, that's great. Um, the thing about the credit score conceptually is, you know, I'm looking at somebody and looking at all their financial habits, and I'm saying, you know, how... You know, how comfortable am I loaning money to Nancy? You know, that's why it's so important. Like, oh, Nancy always pays her bills on time. That's a huge part of it. I'm real comfortable with that. But if I've heard that Nancy has gone around to five people and asked them for money recently, then I'm like, what's going on here? That's a little chancy. Like, you know, maybe she has taken out loans other places. They just haven't shown up. Maybe, maybe other people are turning her down for some reason. That's information that matters. It's not a huge part, but it does matter. But I will point out two things they've changed recently about that is that, uh, well, not recently, in the past maybe 10 or 15 years, your inquiries uh, either matter a whole lot less or don't matter at all. So if you're checking your own credit score, like, good to go. Like, that's a good consumer protection. You should be able to do that to have that knowledge. Um, and t- the other change is that if you have a bunch of similar inquiries all occurring, I believe it's within a week, so it's a cluster of similar inquiries. You're shopping it for a loan. Right. You know, so if, if, if you're looking at buying a new 
new car and you look at three different, you know, go three different dealerships and they all quote you a price on the loan and then you go to your bank and also get a price quoted on the loan. So long as those happen within about a week of each other, it's only going to really count as one inquiry. Uh, Previously, that looked really bad because, wow, you just asked four people for $10,000. But now it's just like, we get it you are trying to get a good deal on it. So those are two things about inquiries you should, you know, breathe easier about. All right, Daryl, thanks for your call. Good question. Let's move on next. We've got Diane in Brandon. Go ahead, Diane. You're on the air with us. Thank you. Uh, Just had a quick question, and it may be silly or superficial, but I was wondering if anybody, if you ever can attain the perfect credit score, ours hovers around 838, 839, (laughs) 840, but... uh, how do you, does anybody ever get there, or what do you have to do? I doubt it. I, mean, I bet it's a myth. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, the only thing we owe interest on is our home, and that's for tax advantages. And we use credit cards, but we pay it at the end of every month. But uh, it goes up and down a point or two, like every week. They send me an email message, you know, it's gone up, it's gone down, it's gone up. So I just wondered... Uh, is that just, you know, you can't fathom doing that? I, I think it's mostly a myth. I, you know, I just can't imagine. I, I, you know, having not seen the formula myself, I don't know, you know, the exact calculations. We were trying to remember what the top uh, credit score is. I thought it was 900. I think that's right. I'm, I'm in the 850 camp, but maybe yeah. I'm just a slacker. Um, I, I was I was thinking it, it will go up as high as 900. I've never seen anybody okay. that close, but you're at a great spot. Yeah. All right, yeah, well, Diane, again, uh, um, great ca- credit score there, so cer- certainly no need to worry. Okay, thank you. All right, mm-hmm. thanks for the call. Um, and again, I would say um, my thought would be, much like when you're dieting, you might not want to hop on the scale every day and see the, the slight fluctuations. Absolutely. I think with your credit score, it's the same thing, because you know, one point here, two points here, slight fluctuations Absolutely. is not a big deal. So don't get yourself in a tither when it's going up or down a little bit. Well, especially if you're not... Um, if you don't need credit. Right. The only time you really need to be concerned about that is if you need credit. Okay. Uh, we press on. Next, we've got uh, John in South Haven. Good morning, John. You're on the air with us. Thank you, and thank you for taking my call. Sure. I have three quick questions. I hope they're quick. Mm. Does a credit freeze, I have a credit freeze on my uh, reports, does it affect my ability to get a credit report? Uh, not a credit report, okay. but um, you will not be able to get any kind of credit. Anybody that tries to tap into your credit, make an inquiry, will get turned down. Good. And I've done this myself, and recently they've just announced that they will no longer charge us for freezing our credit, which is good news. So I went ahead and took that action because of all the concern with Equifax and the data breach, and we did not need credit, so I froze the credit. Um, and But you still should be able to get your reports and look at them. Okay, good. Yeah, we froze ours because we were notified that we were compromised by Equifax. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Um, okay, second question. I know that you just said that a credit card, if you use a credit card, they track you. Do they track a debit card in the same way? No. 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 Okay. I don't use a card when I go out. Um, yeah. Restaurants or, you know, anywhere. 
always pay cash. Well, yeah. and that makes sense because um, a debit card is not a loan. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. It's just an immediate hit on your bank account, whereas yeah. a credit card is an actual loan. I thought maybe they just wanted to track me so they could advertise to me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe what so. if they could? Uh, <laughs> you know, everything is going that way. And the last question, what are the uh, agencies refused to freeze my credit, but they froze my wife's credit. Hers was frozen at all three of the major uh, companies. Did they say why they refused to freeze it? No, they did not. And I was wondering, should I just retry? Probably. I, I can't imagine why they would do that unless there was maybe something active right then or maybe there was just a small mistake no, on your application. Okay. I didn't, um, you know, they ask a lot of personal uh, yeah. history questions, and some of them we've moved around and this and that. So yeah. Oh, you could not remember what color your car was in 1965, right? Right. Well, actually, I do. But, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. but, but they'll ask what street car, you parked so. on it. So. <laughs> So. Yeah, that's an identity issue, and uh, Social Security also uses the same kind of methods, and we've run into that problem where, you know, you, you can't remember the yeah. answers to those questions, and so you get locked out. Interestingly, okay. those things actually come from your credit report, mm-hmm. all okay. those questions. Yeah. Well, thank you all very much. That's uh, good answers. I'll try again and see what happens. Okay. Hi, John. Good Thanks, luck. John, for Thanks. the call. Uh, let's move on. Next, we've got uh, Mark in Florence is on the line with us. Go ahead, Mark. Yes, I have a question uh, about retirement. It's not so much about credit today. Great. But uh, I'm uh, 58. My wife's 55. We've been putting money into a 401k just about uh, all of our working Mm -hmm. time that we've been married. And uh, since we're getting close, we don't know if we should stop putting it in the uh, 401 and open an IRA or just continue putting it in a 401. Are you still planning to work for the same employer? I'm planning on it. Okay. Then I would say your best option probably is just to use your employer 401k. You can put more into a 401k than you can into an individual retirement account. Uh, you can only put 6500 into an IRA. You're up mm-hmm. to um, 24500 yeah. uh, in a 401k. Um, most employers, if they've done a good job, they should be getting some good options for you with lower expenses. That's really the only reason somebody would bypass their 401k. Yeah. They just think, well, this just is a terrible plan. There are no good fund options, and it's very expensive. Yeah. As far as putting money aside to save, I mean, putting money aside, saving and investing is putting money aside, saving and investing. Uh, and then the 401k and the IRA accounts are very similar, but again, much higher limits. Also, it comes out before you get paid, so you know you don't even have to trust yourself to do that because someone else does it for you. Well, one thing, you might want to check with your employer to see if they offer a Roth option within that 401k. We're seeing that becoming more common, and so it could be that you may have, you know, you've done your homework, you've done it right, you've accumulated so much money, but it's all tax deferred, meaning every penny you take out when you retire is going to be taxable income. So it could be you want to swap over to having some combination of tax deferred and the Roth tax-free option to give you more flexibility on drawing cash out when you retire. Okay. 
All right, Mark. Uh, thank you. That's that's what I want to hear. Thank Great. you very Absolutely. much. Thanks for the call, Mark. Uh, let's take one final break this hour. We've got uh, Jeremy and Juanita on the line. If you'll hold for us, we'll get to your questions right after this break. We are talking about credit scores this morning, but uh, with Mark, if you have a personal finance question unrelated to credit, we're glad to help you out as well. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can always email the show money at mpbonline.org. Do you know the history of the credit score? We'll talk about that after we get back from this break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We always look for your personal finance questions on Tuesday morning, but today we're also talking about credit scores. And before the break, we talked about the history of credit scores, and Ryder uh, referred to this earlier in the show. But uh, before they existed, you'd have to go and sit down and talk to a banker before getting a loan. So the process was a little subjective. If the banker didn't like you or think you weren't trustworthy, you weren't going to be approved. But in the 1950s, two statisticians, Bill Fair and Earl Isaac, founded FICO, but it took until the 70s for the score to be seen as integral to lending as it is now. So a little history there on FICO. And we said uh, BICO uh, might have been it if they'd been a if little more creative. it was Bill and Earl. That's Bill right. and Earl company. Versus <laughs> Fair and Isaac. All right. Back to the phone lines we go. Let's start again in South Haven. Jeremy's on the line. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I had a quick I guess kind of to get it out there to some of the other people, because I've run into the case that I have now been considered a ghost credit store. Ooh. And what is that exactly? It's Halloween. Basically, it's because I have not had anything that I've made payments on in over 10 years. Okay, so that may have been a similar problem to what uh, the earlier caller was facing. So, yeah, that, just like we said earlier, you know, after seven years, things things start falling off. Um, so if you haven't had anything out there, you know, possibly they'd be looking at just a very old out of date score and that's all they could get. Have, have, has anyone told you kind of what the implications of this ghost? Yeah, I can't get loans. OK, ah. so. So have you not even had a credit card that you've used in the last? No, I don't, I don't uh, like the credit cards because it's actually a. It's in my mind, credit cards are as bad as payday loans. No, they're not. No, because no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, give, I'm, if I don't need it. Well, but here's here's the problem, Jeremy. Is that um, first of all, it's it's hard to do a lot of business and travel and do things without a card. 
And so it can be uh, a matter of convenience. If you well, manage it properly, it's not a problem. That is, if you pay it off every month, then you're not incurring interest. You don't get that way with a payday loan. You're going to have interest. Um, it's going to hit you, and it's be big interest. You're not going to have the same situation. And then the other thing that you run into is that now there's no record that they can base a score on. So if you have a need for something bigger, I'm going to purchase a car or a house, then there's no way they can make a decision on the loan. So I, I, I will say, I mean, you know, Jeremy hasn't used credit for, for 10 years at least, so he's clearly very good with his finances. So, I mean, that's great if that works for you, not ever having a credit card, uh, you know, not using a loan to buy a house, not using a loan to buy a car. That's great. Um, just kind of that cautionary tale we had earlier is that someone, same situation where he hadn't had any credit in 10 years, he had been fine, but then uh, he just needed an emergency loan. Those car repairs came at just just the wrong time and he was forced into the payday loan system. Um, so, so y- y- you know, there is value to just maintain maintaining a credit score. You know, you yeah. don't you don't have to chase the highest score. No. You don't you don't you don't have to you don't have to uh, abuse credit cards. You don't have to be constantly checking and taking out loans, but simply having a credit card that's open, spending a little bit on it, you know, even if you're just swiping it once a month and paying it off, you know, when the bill comes. That's 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 a very good credit management, um, and that that can keep you that that little line of safety if you need it. But I mean, I, I absolutely applaud Jeremy for having just—he's clearly got good financial sense. That might be another yeah, I mean, show. That was my main thing. Like, it doesn't bother me that much, but I definitely want to make sure people realize it because you know when I went to my no credit. It wasn't a big deal to me, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize this would happen down the line either. Right. Yeah, and you and you yeah. really and that it is important as as Ryder mentioned, just to have one card. It doesn't have to have a big limit. It could have you know a thousand dollar limit on it, and just to occasionally put a small amount. You pay it off on time, so there's no interest, no fee. It is not like a payday <laughs> loan. Yeah, and that that is a responsible way to build a good score. Yeah. All so right. Thanks for that call. I will say, um, you know, because people are probably kind of wondering, you know, why do things fall off your credit score after seven years? One, it's in the Bible. Two, if you think about it again with the concept of, of you know, what is a credit score, then, you know, it's it's how much do I trust you to loan you money? And and if I start calling Nancy's references and they're like, we haven't talked to her in seven years. Like, well, I don't know. You know, a lot can change about you. Um, and, and so that's why after a certain amount of time, these things do fall off. And that and that's why. And so that's why it does take a little bit of work to maintain it. All right. Uh, next, we've got Juanita in Oxford. Thanks for holding Juanita. You're on the air with us. Oh, hi. Um, I just wanted to say a word of just advice and caution to people who um, who are having their uh, credit and, you know, fraud use, fraudulent use protected by companies like Experian, whoever, or fine. But uh, my husband and I um, uh, submitted, uh, you know, application to them to be pro- under their protection when we had fraudulent use of a credit card. So then that was fine. It went along great. We never heard from them. It was fine. We didn't have any more fraudulent use. And then we applied for another credit card because we thought, well, if if we lose wallets, if we somebody loses a wallet, the other credit 
credit card is invalid too, and we have no credit card until they replace it. Okay. So the long story short is that when we tried to apply for just an, a credit card to put away, we were refused and refused and refused, and it took us forever to figure out why we were being refused, and it was that one digit of our phone number was off in Experian. Uh-huh. And oh, we had to submit wow. paperwork. Hmm. Oh, my God. Gary's where Gary's grandmother is buried. Oh, my God. It was terrible. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so it, we had to submit it about four times because it's by machine. Well, the yeah. other sure. thing that we're so running. careful. The other thing that we're running into is you should be able to get a free credit report from each of the agencies one time a year. You can go to annualcreditreport.com and request that. We have been doing that for our clients to help them monitor monitor their credit, and suddenly we're running into issues where they're saying, well, you requested it, but it never showed up at my house. And when we try to make inquiries with each of the agencies, we can't get through to anybody. We can't get a response. We can't find anything. I mean, it is an absolute brick wall. (laughs) And that's frustrating. Yes. And and we submitted documents at least four times until finally we got a thing saying, oh, yeah, you're fine. We, you know, we changed it. We said, it's wrong. The thing is wrong. It's one number on our phone phone Mm. number. That's all it was that was wrong. But we didn't get a credit card until that was corrected, and it took weeks and weeks. So, it's best to, if you're going to submit, to check the information with the person that you're submitting to. Right. All right. And have them read it back to you. Juanita. We do that. Thanks for the call. Good uh, tip there. And again, you know, that's a, a reason to review your credit score. Uh, as, as we say, you can get the free one just to make sure that that uh, information on there is accurate. All right. So we've got about two minutes left. Uh, maybe pick out another myth here. Uh, you need to take on debt to build credit. Yeah. No, that that's true. Well, not, not, well, let's well, let qualify that. If you spend money on a credit card and pay off your balance each month. Yes, that's what you need to do. Right. You, you are incurring debt that, during the that, month. Right. So this first line here is simply wrong. So, um, yes, you're taking on debt every time you plunk down that mm-hmm. credit card, and most people don't realize that. But if you can use it responsibly and pay it off on time at the end of every billing cycle and don't incur the interest, that's the best way to yeah. go. I took out a loan for $3.19 this morning to get a cup of coffee. So think about it that way. It is it is a loan every time. And real quickly here, the myth number seven was the credit bureaus calculate your credit score. And that is not actually true. It's FICO or Vantage Score uh, that does it. So the credit bureaus maintain the data that's used to create the credit score. And that data is very important, which is why there's a problem if somebody um, steals your identity and makes hay with that data. Yeah. Um, And again, um, remember that uh, there are the three different companies, and so your score might vary uh, slightly between the three. Don't worry about that. If there is a major difference, then that might be a a reason for further investigation. I just want to give a big shout-out to our listeners. Y'all have really crushed it with the questions today. This has been fantastic. And also, we heard from a lot of people who had really good credit scores, so bravo uh, to those folks who are managing their personal finance as well. We'd love to hear that. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. You can also subscribe to our podcast using your favorite podcast app on your smartphone. 
Our producer is Liz Gill. So for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taft, I'm Kevin Farrell. Inviting you to stay tuned up next at 10. It's In Legal Terms, followed by Southern Remedy. And we'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.